Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Equal Play. I'm your host, Annie Costable, and I'm so excited to welcome in this week's guest. She's a community builder, a creative, and the founder of League of Their Own, an organization connecting women from all backgrounds through recreational sport. Paige Crawford. Paige, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to to chat today. Yeah, I'm so happy that you again, we just talked off the off the air about yeah, you being open to coming in and, and joining us on Equal Play. So I'm very grateful that you're here to give us that time. And I always start with this question. What was your relationship with sport like growing up? Yeah, so my relationship to sport growing up, it was um, not to sound dramatic, but it was kind of like my whole life. So like um, from a young age, my parents had me involved in many different sports from um, karate to softball, baseball, basketball. Um, but then track and field was the sport that I stuck with once I got older. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad, he was the one that was like would take me to all the practices and he played collegiate basketball, played for Loyola. Um, my mom ran track in high school, so it's just like a sports family, um, and I was always just around it. Slight flex, her parents are <laughs> supreme athletes, so is Paige. Yeah. I've seen her out in the different sports that you put on with League of Their Own, and every single one, you actually are capable of playing to a, a, a pretty high degree. Like, Well, like, not to, yeah, like I have flex, flex for everybody, flex, let us know. Not to flex, but... Um, I'm pretty athletic and I have played like organ almost I don't want to say every organized sport but mm-hmm. at some point I was in like almost every sport. It's like I feel like my dad and my mom kind of let me try out everything to mm-hmm. see what I was best at and what I enjoyed the most. So, I do have a little bit of experience like dabbling in like all sports. And I think that's kind of why I enjoy um League of Their Own. We do all sports. It's not just one thing we stick to right right so before we get more into league of their own which is obviously the whole intention behind this podcast but i'm curious what lessons you learned as a kid through your parents allowance of you to try all these different avenues all these different things that who knows maybe you only tried for a minute but yeah you you tried so yeah what what did that teach you at a young age and how has that impacted you now as an adult yeah, so first it taught me to, like, 
once I start something to stick to it. So mm -hmm. it's like once I started a season of anything, I finished the season. Mm -hmm. um, and then also it kind of just um, showed me like that I'm capable of making my own choices as well. Um, but I feel like this is kind of offline. You remember the, st well, the car accident story? Yeah, I mean, I I would share it if okay, you're comfortable. Yeah, so, um, like, I wasn't, this is, like, beyond being a youth in sports, but once I grew older, um, I said track was the sport that I stuck with, ran mm -hmm. in high school. Um, but my senior year in high school, um, I actually was in a car accident and broke my femur, um, had brain damage, like, had to learn how to walk again. So, um at that point, it's like everything I worked for as a youth, I felt like it potentially could have gone away, but sport is really what I enjoyed. So I was like, I'm not going to let this one thing um, stop all the goals and everything I worked toward. So um, I decided I still wanted to run track at a college level. So I rehabbed and walked on at UIC and ran there. Um, but ultimately, I think uh, the discipline I learned at a young age, it really just taught me um like perseverance and like sport I feel you really learn different life lessons you wouldn't learn anywhere like I learned what my passions are um like I said how to really stick with something and to just power through I love how Paige just casually <laughs> discusses a car accident that left you with all of these significant injuries yeah, and you just walked on at UIC. <laughs> well, I, so, I, it sounds very, it sounds uh, easier than what it was. It was a very hard time. Yeah. Can you, are you comfortable totally. going into detail about just what that process was like for yes. you to rehab and get back? For sure. So first of all, the car accident, I wasn't driving. Um, I was just, a. I was in the back seat. Things happened. The car hit on my side, but I woke up a couple days later in the hospital. Like, I didn't know what happened until I had already went through one surgery. Um, so I spent literally a week in the hospital, spent Thanksgiving there. Um, and when I say I had to learn how to walk again, I had to learn how to walk again. Um, and for about, for a very long time, I had a limp. Like, it wouldn't go away. But my dad would, like, take me to the mall. He'd be like, okay, we're going to go walking today. Mm. Um, and then I would do, like, water therapy and things. But it got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm feeling strong. I'm feeling like running could be in my future still. And like I said, like, running was really my passion. Like, at a young age, I knew I was like, I want to pay, pay for school through track. Like, so I just didn't want to quit. So once I got to a point where my walking was stable – I worked with, so my coaching was the coach I worked with through grade school, through everything. I went back to him, and I was like, this is what I want to do. So he helped me um, in the off season get strong again. Like I said, I was doing so much, so much therapy. And then um, I spoke to UIC's coach, and I was like, hey, I was running these times, like in high school and everything. I had an injury, but I feel like I'm back. Um, and this was after doing like, of course, some like unattached meets and things. And he took a chance. It's like, yeah, you can walk on. Let's see like what you want to do. Um, and then that first year I ended up being one of like the top hurdlers in the, the Horizon League Conference. 
Oh my so, god! You guys can't see it, but Paige has a beautiful smile on, and you should. That's incredible. I, yeah, when I'm telling it, I'm like, okay, yeah, it was a big deal. Um, I was one of the top hurdlers, and then from then, like, gave me some scholarship, um, and I continued to like. 400 hurdles was my thing, and that's what I excelled at. And my times were actually faster than before the accident, like mm-hmm. significantly. So it's crazy. What did that life moment teach you about yourself and, and what you're capable of? Um, Wow. So first of all, I'm a believer in God. So it's like, okay, God can, like, push you through anything. But it's like also, like, I'm a strong person because – I think a lot of people, like, when I tell this story, a lot of people are like, oh, I would have, like, it's not that, like, I don't think I would have continued running, like, um, so it showed me that I'm actually very mentally strong, and I also think that goes back to, like, upbringing where uh, my parents would say, be mentally tough. Yeah. Um, so I think that honestly carried me through through that accident. So it's so interesting when you think about athletics and, like, in my case, covering professional athletes, so much of what we talk about is what we see on the court, right? But I I mean, this isn't like some profound statement, but so much more of what they do is mental, right? Like you're, you could be yes. in the gym. Like I was just in the gym this morning and we had to run a thousand meters. And I was like, I, I don't want to walk like at any point during this a thousand meters. And like right at it's the end, mental. I'm like, I'm like, fuck this. Like I'm walking. And all... that's just, that's just mental. It that's is just mental. Like, yeah. And especially with running where it's just you, I feel like it's more mental than physical. And that's with every sport. And it's like also um, after college, I got into like, I did a couple marathons but I didn't like it and Mm -hmm. I think it's because it was mentally mentally I went into like I don't like this um but like yeah sports it's a mental game but that's the thing that I think I I am always so amazed by and find so beautiful is that sport sports mental side can teach observers fans so much about their own mental strength for sure so when you were finishing up at UIC, was there a concern, a fear, a worry about what athletic opportunities were going to come next? Because yeah. it's either pro or exactly. where do you go from here? Yeah, so I was at the point, I knew I was never going to be a pro track star. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do know, like, this is a serious thing where a lot of, like, collegiate athletes, like, they go through mental like issues not knowing where like what to do after sports are over but when I was in college I did a lot of like internships and I was actually working part-time sales at Nike so that kind of opened up my eyes to like possibilities and like jobs in sports Mm -hmm. um and I always knew that I wanted to work in marketing in some aspect but I was um while I was in college and still running I was still exposing myself to like Nike Run Club was a thing, so I would, like, see what they were doing. So I saw that there's, like, potential to be on, like, the business and creative side of sport. So that's – it was – I don't want to say it was easy for me, but I kind of knew, like, okay, I'm I'm definitely not running pro. Um, let's see as far as, like, 
as far as working, I at least knew what I wanted to do with sports. But as far as like how I'm going to stay active, I did not know. So I'm curious, this this career you've cultivated for yourself, because so many people that get caught up in jobs that they're not passionate about, I always find them asking, well, how did you do it? Like, how did you how did you end up doing something you love so much? And yeah. for me, like, I truly just was like, what do I love to do every day? And mm-hmm. I I like to talk. I like to learn from people. Like, I, I like yeah. conversation. And I liked sports. So I'm like, why am I going to sign up to do anything else other than what I like? So when you were, again, um, transitioning out of college, how much of it was just like, I, I like sports. How can I make a career out of it? And I guess what was, yeah, what was your approach to actually turning your passion into a career? Yeah, so... Um it was 100%. Like, I, I'm very, like, persistent. Like, if it's something I want, I feel like I work really hard to get it. But I knew 100%. I'm like, I want to work in sports or I want to work in branding or lifestyle or something of that aspect. So, um, to be honest, right out of college, I wasn't, like, as far as career, I was still working retail. I wasn't where I wanted to be. But I was making connections and meeting people, which was, like, it's just as important, I feel. You were adjacent. Yeah. That's what people also, yeah. I feel like, is so is something like we don't talk about enough. Yeah. Like, do the adjacent thing. Exactly. Because your energy is going to emulate or emanate, exactly. like, yeah. and connect you to other people. So it was a lot of that. And I, um, right out of college, like, I would help anything. Like, if it's a project or a person that I saw and I liked what they were doing and I saw, like, I was aligned with it and it could be a good learning. I would ask like, can I be a part of this? How can I help? Um, so it was like nothing was too too small for me. Um, and I did work retail for a while, just cause like you said, the adjacent. Um, and then eventually my first like sports or branding job was, I'm trying to think, I feel like it was a long time ago. I'm getting old. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I think you're four years younger I, than me. You can't say that. <laughs> it's when I left from working uh, like a part-time Nike job. I was like a full-time uh, Nike rep in Nordstrom. So at the time, Nordstrom had a women's Nike boutique. So mm-hmm. it was a small team of just three of us. But we were in charge of social media, product, um, events in the space. And that was where I gained experience to kind of like push me to bigger roles. Mm-hmm. So like getting that under my belt then I was able to like um I think after that then I did like market development for Beats by Dre and then some agency work and then other things so you recently prioritized league of maybe prioritized isn't is the wrong word because you've always prioritized league of their own but you've recently stepped into league of their own as your soul yeah. focus your soul career path yes. and before that you were doing a lot of juggling but I'm curious when did you even start to dream up League of Their Own not like when were you doing the juggling but when when did the idea when did the thought when did the yeah. note get written down on the piece of paper so um it was probably 
it was way before I actually took action and started it. Mm-hmm. I think I actually have a tweet that I look back at and it's like, I wish there was a, a girl game where we just like roller skate, played basketball and did random stuff. So it started like that. And I think that was in like probably tw- early 2019, 2018, something like that. Um, but the idea of this space always has been in my head. But once I, I think once I like, finished once I graduated college and then saw that there was a lack of spaces I saw that I could should probably like make this a real thing put it into action so I think I would say probably early 2019 was when the idea came and then like it took a whole year for me to actually like do something with the idea so another one of our guests Ari Chambers said that when you do when something isn't available when you don't see something that you need or you want create it and Mm -hmm. that is so powerful and so brilliant but when I hear that I get a little scared I'm like oh my god what do you mean like how 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 do you create it so what advice do you have for people who are having those thoughts or who are thinking about something that they don't see that they wish was there and they're having this idea to create it, but they maybe don't know what first step to take. Yeah, um, I would say my advice is like, I've had to learn this is give yourself grace and um, it may not take off at first, like give yourself a chance to fail. So like when I first started League of Their Own, I had this idea, but a lot of times it would just be me and then like two of my friends. So it's easy to get discouraged when you're not getting like the turnouts, Um, and things like that but to really just like stick to your idea like everything isn't going to come quickly either so um, I would just say to see your vision out and give yourself time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that so League of Their Own obviously provides space for women women of color to compete and but in a in a in a not, open way yeah, and in not a, like a super aggressive way like so yeah i'm so, using compete <laughs> and like, like compete sounds, yeah, compete a, little sounds a little aggressive but, but we like, are competitive play. but it's not like uh in a way that's stressful where it's it's not like we're not d1 athletes here <laughs> we might be a former but like we're not that type of competitive. It's like you're still like I feel like fun and being active is what comes first, and then, and then competitive. One hundred percent. But I will say, from like observation standpoint, everyone that comes out is 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 there to have fun. Like fun is the priority. But they're but people know how to play. Like yeah, you know. Um, so we have a lot of people that come with different backgrounds mm-hmm. in sports. Like we have some people that play super high level D1 and then some people that have never like touched the sport in their life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we do have a lot of like and I feel like once you have like a sport mentality, it doesn't go away. So it is competitive sometimes, but it's interesting to see these different levels play with one another. That's what I'm saying was so beautiful <laughs> is like there's all these different levels that are supporting each other to get a sweat in like to have fun and to leave feeling joyful so when you were first starting league of their own I know you were partaking in different 
you know, athletic endeavors around the city, but maybe didn't feel like these spaces were were open to mm-hmm. women the same way that they were open to men. Can you speak to For sure. what you saw, what you experienced that really made you feel like League of Their Own would thrive in Chicago? For sure. So, um, like I said, I've been involved with sports my whole life. So it's like I had an itch to still be active post-college track. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, it's pretty obvious like la fitness like different gym spaces guys can go play pickup games like there's pick like any field you can see a group of guys playing soccer but like as a woman those spaces aren't there um well i wouldn't say because there are like shout out to anna sierra women's basketball league like that but that's like a super pro pro am league right um so if it's not super competitive and not heavy um male dominated the space wasn't there um, and then also, there's a couple, like, women's groups, but I don't know, how can I tactfully say that? I feel like I wasn't, like, me as a black woman, and it just wasn't the safest space for me, or wasn't the most enjoyable space, I would say. Not safe, but it just wasn't what I feel like women in my community with my background would want, would find enjoyable in sport. Mm-hmm. Um so instead of taking the route of like complaining and bashing all the other things, I was like, how about I just create the space, like the gap that's not there. So I saw that there was a space for women to just play recreationally, um, especially for black and brown women, women from all backgrounds. Um, so that's really where I was like, okay, let's take this serious and make this a thing because I don't think, in Chicago, at least, I don't think there was a space like League of Their Own. So for everybody listening, there's also going to be a story that you all can read online and in print in our Sports Saturday edition that comes out on May 13th. So excited. So if you're listening to this and it is May 13th, get your ass out and go get a, <laughs> yes. a paper. Or if it's past the 13th, you know, just hit the link online. Yes. But some of what I'm talking about comes from observation, from from joining a couple of your basketball sessions specifically. And something that was so inspiring and so comforting to see and hear was from the women that I spoke to afterwards who spoke specifically about how comfortable they felt in the space you created. And these were women of all backgrounds. But that prioritization of creating a space that's comfortable, that's safe, and again, like you said, primarily for women of color, how much intention, effort goes into every single session that you're setting up to make sure that everybody coming in feels at home, feels at peace, and not only feels that, but then walks away with two new friends. Yeah. Um, so I think it goes even beyond just crafting the meetup. Like, I think first, like, the invites that gets people to come out, um, the social media and what we post about, I think that's also gravitating. But once people do arrive um, at our meetups, I make an effort. One, everyone has to, we go around and say, your name. Some people may hate that, but it's like, once you know someone's name, there's a sense of familiarity where you're a bit more comfortable already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then usually we have some type of 
like some people hate this. I already know. Like an icebreaker breaker question that also gets um, people talking and comfortable. But um, that's where it starts, I think, is really building community, is knowing who you're in community with. Um, yeah, I'm, I feel like it's what else was in that question? Just the intention behind creating oh, yeah. that space because it's it's, it's very intentional. Yeah. And it's also like I've gone to other sport meetups where you can feel very lonely. Like you arrive and then you do the workout and then you go home. So um, a part of League of Their Own is also, I say this all the time, with sports and team sports specifically, it's a different type of bond that you can get and receive. So I want to recreate that feeling in a recreational space for for all of us women. So that's kind of like the intent. And I'm very um, intentional with how people speak to one another. Like there's been times we've had to kick some folks out. Um, like we were doing softball and we do like guys, if guys come like you can play, but a guy was getting really aggressive and disrespectful to the woman. I was like, you gotta go. Like mm -mm. this isn't the space for that. Um, you're making people uncomfortable. So it's like, I um, I feel like I also got to kind of protect the people that come out, um, but just knowing that they can talk to one another and then once people become regulars, that's when they start building the friendship. Um, and I also encourage folks, like, even if, say, we're on basketball now and that's your sport, if we switch to soccer, still come out um, because, like, a part of it is learning together. We're not judging you um, and growing. So I think... People are really, I think they understand that once they come out to a couple meetups. Yeah, it's very clear, I feel, from the second you walk in the door to the moment you leave, exactly what the feeling is in in the space that you've created. So doubling back to something you said earlier and talked about earlier was, was the juggling that you did early in your mm -hmm. career. And when you first started League of Their Own back in 2019, we're first starting to get it off the ground. How did you manage a a job, let's say, but then your passion, your career? Yeah, so um, up until recently, I want to say it was kind of easy to, to balance. But then once I grew in my professional career and like my nine to five became more demanding, it was getting harder to, to, to balance. And League of Their Own honestly was coming, probably coming second to my job because, of course, like, this is how I, I make money. Um, so it got to a point where, um, like, if I couldn't do all that I can for League of Their Own and still do the job, like, maybe it's not the right, like, I don't need to be there. And it's also, like, I see the potential and growth that this organization has, so why not put what I'm giving into this nine to five into my own thing, especially when that nine to five wasn't appreciative of what I was creating and what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say, yeah, it was pretty easy up until honestly this year um, where I had a larger role within my nine to five and then League of Their Own was also growing. Mm -hmm. And um, being fully transparent, big brands, especially in the sports realm, could potentially be intimidated by that. Like they, um, so 
ultimately it was a conflict. Mm-hmm. Well, so they say. Uh, <laughs> and I had to literally choose um, between my role, like literally between my role and League of Their Own. They were like, if you can't stop working on this stuff, then we can't have you in this position. But was there an, wasn't there an aspect as well, and correct me if I'm wrong, where they would have supported League yeah. of Their Own had you stayed there? They essentially wanted... They wanted to, it for free. Right. So um, they wanted to use my resources. Can we get into the problematic nature of that? This yes. big nine to five, this and we, don't big, yeah, we don't need to mention them, the but, name, but companies with a lot of money, they get into the habit of, so for me, they expected just because I was an employee of their company that they would get my personal business, like what I'm doing outside of work for free with mm-hmm. no cost. Um so it was like once I stood on demanding like, no, I'm not get like it was like, no, I'm not going to seed all this product to people just because they're like, I want to keep work and um, and personal things separate. And when I would say no to certain things like, no, I'm not asking this person to do this for free. No, I'm not doing like I would stand on certain things that did become a conflict. Um, and ultimately, I think what led to to where we are now. But it's like. Brands will try to get everything for no cost. And then it's like when you say like, no, that's when issues come. And especially as a a woman of color to be to be working for a brand that essentially wants to, again, take your resources and in the work that you've put in. How did you navigate conversations explaining how? how how much of a problem that truly was for, for yeah, you to remain there. So um another transparency, I was one of two black women that worked corporate for marketing for this company. And the team I worked for, I will say, um, a lot of times we were aligned with like demanding like you pay certain people, um, give them like the respect and resources that they need to thrive. But the company is so like three people can't do all the work. So it was like what we were saying and what we were talking about was going on Duff's ears. So it's just like no action, no matter what we would would say or pitch. Mm-hmm. And that's also like something that was frustrating. Um, and to me, it was shocking the company made the decision to make me choose because a lot of the ideas that I was doing with League of Their Own at the time were ideas that I pitched to that brand. And they were like, no, this isn't aligned with what we want to do. But I'm like, okay. I'm gonna just take it and do it like do it my for my own thing. Um, and then in hindsight, I'm like, I shouldn't even be giving them the best of my ideas. I should save that for my own thing. So um it all worked out ultimately, but it's a hot mess how brands will try to get over on young creatives, especially women creatives and brand owners. It's it's insane. First question is again, because you you were working for a, a big brand and there's a lot i imagine a peace of mind maybe that comes with that of yeah. of maybe you could you could work yourself up into thinking exactly. like there's all these resources here and it comes with a reputation and oh my god you know should i stay here so i'm curious how you navigated that decision when it ultimately came and how much confidence how much alignment did you feel within yourself to make that decision like this 
this is a fork in the road and I know that I need to go right instead yeah. of left. So initially, like, I was pissed off. Like, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, this is my job, like my livelihood. And I did have a goal to to work my way up within the company. But then the longer I stayed, I noticed that uh, the lack of diversity, um, certain... I don't I think also this is side note companies use the buzzword now community. Uh so it's like what's this? Really I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> like no, it's like community is such a buzz right nowadays. Um getting a bunch of people to come shop is not community, but like actually making people feel included into a movement is community. But once I saw that honestly I wasn't the most aligned, it was easier with that brand, it was easier for me to to grabs that, okay, I can invest in myself. But initially I was like, I was lost. I didn't know what I was going to do because like I said, I wanted to work myself up within that company, but it's like, okay, there has to be a time where you put yourself first. Um, and this came after like talking to my parents and different mentors too, um, that made me feel more comfortable mm -hmm. with, with the decision. But initially it wasn't, it, I mean, honestly, I answered the question. I was like, okay, bye, like, in 0.2 seconds. But Yeah, there still, was no choice. It wasn't a choice. Like, I'm not going to give up what I've built to to work for a company that I don't even love like that. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I didn't think twice, but after the fact, it was just like, dang, I don't have a job. <laughs> so um, it was interesting. It was really interesting. What advice do you have for people that are navigating something similar where they have to choose themselves, but that choice comes with, you know, the time that follows yeah. is, isn't easy. It's, it's so, challenging. So um, keep your options open. So, like, right now, like, League of Their Own isn't, like, my only job. I do do, like, brand consulting mm -hmm. and freelance, like, creative projection and stuff, but is not nearly as like working for one brand. So I would say keep your options open and explore what's what's really like out there and also like lean on your community and network mentors and things like that. Um, I'm grateful to say that I have a lot of people in the industry that I can ask for advice and things. But um, yeah, I would say probably just like lean on your, your community and resources. I can't get over how obvious. I mean, it's so it's so obvious how important that is, but people forget. It truly gets you through unimaginable situations when you have the right people around you who yeah. believe in you the same way that you believe in yourself because and the wrong people might tell you, "Oh no, I think you could stick yeah. it out there. I think I think you can make it work there." And then when um I told one of my good friends and mentors, I was like, "Yo, I was basically fired. I was fired." And he was like, you were with them too long anyways. Um, and then it just so happened, like, I I probably was super, like, reactive. But, the like, literally moments after I had the phone call with my boss, I was like, I think I went on Instagram. I was like, I am no longer associated with this brand. But once I did that, like, a week later, I got so many more opportunities and, like, freelance things and people wanting to reach out and partner with league of their own where it was like okay this 
brand was actually holding me mm-hmm. back. So, um, like I said, in hindsight, it was the best thing that could have happened. Um, but at the time, of course, it was hard. Yeah, that's like a truly, I, I just think, a, a life lesson that we can't emphasize enough is like the scariest thing is oftentimes the best thing for yeah. you. And it's that comfort that prevents you from seeing you know, what's on, just on the other side of the door. Because yeah. it was there waiting yeah, for you. It was, was all waiting like to happen. Chilling. And I'm like, I. it really forced me to take League of Their Own series. I feel like this is the first year where I've, like, gone super, super hard with League of Their Own. Like, um, getting, trying to get all my ideas out, having fun with it. Um, yeah, and this was the first time I actually had time to to focus on it so like the time where I literally wasn't doing anything but League of Their like after I was fired um there was a time like maybe a month where I was only just solely doing League of Their Own Mm -hmm. and that's where I really got things in line um and before that I didn't really plan like in advance I was able to like plan out the year Mm -hmm. partnerships um so it worked out it's really working out. I mean, truly, Thanks. like watching all of all of it that you do is 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 inspiring Thanks. from, you know, far away. Yeah. So something that we talked about, which was the second part of this question before we, we went on a tangent there. But <laughs> we talked about, yeah, what these what these big brands have built, Nike, Adidas, Converse, like these household names, right? They started mm-hmm. somewhere. They yep. started somewhere. Exactly. And League of Their Own is is, is here. You, you, yeah. you started it. And the potential for it to grow into whatever it's going to grow into, it's happening. So yes. when you look at the potential of League of Their Own and, and really like what it could mean, again, primarily for women and women of color, like what, yeah. what do you envision for it growing into? So, um, like I said, when I first started League of Their Own, I had no clue, like, it would grow into anything like this. And one, I still think we have a lot of growing to do, but, like, I didn't know we would even be at this point. But I do want to first, like, finish out, like, taking over Chicago. Um, But I do want to have, like, um, League of Their Own presence in other major cities. So starting with New York, then maybe, like, an L.A. division, um, but also, like, I want to get into more product. So um, product is how we do fun League of Their Own. So, like, we do sell merchandise and things like that. So I do want to make the product quality where people really want it, like, make it a staple in streetwear and lifestyle branding, like, things like that. And then what we spoke about uh, a couple of days ago, like, could this be a partner apparel for a women's league like things like that there's i feel like the the possibilities are endless and it's taken me until recently to really realize that like i can really do a lot but i would say like as far as like right now it's just maintaining and building that presence in chicago mm-hmm. um expanding to new york um and then also another goal i have is to have like a physical gym space love so, that yeah love that so you have already done multiple partnerships with Chicago creatives, but even beyond Chicago creatives, you recently partnered with Together yeah. for an event. P- 
people were able to create planters and then had a little pickup game. So when you're going about establishing these partnerships, how do you know that Lotto is aligned with with who yeah. you are partnering with and what questions do you ask? How do you know that yeah. that okay, this makes sense. We're we're on the yeah. same synergy and and I want my brand partnered with yours. Yeah. So I do a lot of research where it's like I'm anal about it. So mm-hmm. I look at the work that the brand or the potential partner has previously done. Um, see, and then also like I like to check to see if like are you trying to partner with like a women's sports organization because that's what's trending right now. So mm-hmm. it's like if you have no relevance in if it doesn't make sense, the answer is no. But yeah. like I do like looking at like your track history, previous work. Um, and also like if you care, have like, I don't like doing transactional partnerships where it's just like one thing and you're done. So for an example with Together, um, League of Their Own was a part of their their brand launch. So they like highlighted a couple community organizations uh, when they first launched the platform and then they circled back for Earth and they're like, we want to see how we can further like support you. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Like, we talked and then we did this Earth Day event. But it's, like, those are the type of relationships I like. It's not, like, just one post and we're done. They came back to see how can we support this organization. And then it's, like, the work that Together does, it's 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 pretty obvious that it's aligned. But I do look at, like, previous work, if it makes sense, um, if it's not just completely transactional, things like that. I feel like some people would just might get caught up in looking at a brand's reach and being like, oh, this is a big brand. This will be great yeah. for me to partner with them and, and to get yeah. eyes on my my brand. Why is that, pro- why can that be problematic and in the long run hurt you if, if you're not so intentional? Problematic. Um, also, brand consistency is very important, especially to me. Um, like doing anything for a check, like, that's just not what's up. Like, you're going to be seen as a sellout. Your brand consistency is not going to be there. And I don't want I don't want people to ever question my intentions of building League of Their Own. So, like, for me, it's not to make money, not to uh, be the most popular. I would say it's to reach the most women athletes and communities. So I guess people with different uh, motives will have a different answer. But for me... I don't care about like who you like the yeah reach is important but like it's not the number one thing for me. Mm-hmm. What do you see as a as a result of that when you move with intentionality? How does it actually pay the off in, in the end? So um, I always say quality over quantity. So I feel like the way that I move with partnerships has been able. Um, it's helped me land like. I say my dream partnerships and like um, working with people that I really admire is because I think they also see the intention and detail that goes into like the projects I do. Um, So I'll talk about the Don C project for an example with just Don. Like I never thought that League of Their Own would be partnering with someone like Don C because as like a Chicagoan, He's someone that creatives, I feel like all young creatives have looked up to at some point. Mm -hmm. So for him to even know what League of Their Own was, (laughs) I was like, what? Um, And then like his ties to sport and like that lifestyle luxury space 
is something like that I'm inspired by as mm -hmm. far as like the branding. So to me, that partnership was like a no brainer. Um, and then he's also someone that he's a creative director. Like his resume is amazing. And he's also someone that really supports me, like as how can I help? Mm -hmm. So that's like it's bigger than just that one partnership. And that's what's so beautiful, I think, when we started this conversation about staying true to yourself, staying true to your passions. When you are really honest, like really down to the core honest about who, who it is that you are and what it is that you yeah. want, people notice that. Yeah. And they get inspired by it themselves. And then they, like with this Don C partnership, like, yeah. like you said, Don's a staple in Chicago yeah. beyond. And he saw what you were doing, not because yeah. you were trying yeah, and to it's be like, seen. You that's just... the thing also with all, I would say pretty much all, I never, people have actually just now recently started telling me I need to start pitching League of Their Own. Because <laughs> right now it's like every partnership I've had has literally come natural. Mm -hmm. Like seeing someone out, being genuine, chatting, like, they say they see what we've done. Like, it's been super, super natural with every, I would say almost every partnership mm -hmm. that we've had. I'm not a marketing genius, so I have no <laughs> idea, you know, when the right time is to pitch or what goes into that. But people are like, uh, some of my mentors are like, you got to start pitching because you got to get some type of funding into this. But it's like, um, for like bigger, I do have like some bigger projects I do want to do where I probably will have to pitch to, a larger brand because I can't fund it myself. The W, I mean, I work <laughs> in the W space and the NWSL, and I just, every time I, yes. again, see what you're doing with Lotto, I'm like, this oh my makes gosh. so much sense for for spaces like the W yes, and like the NWSL that are so, um, for, for the athletes that obviously comprise the league. I mean, we don't need to get into right. the news of the NWSL <laughs> because, sorry, I'm, like, going to go down a rabbit hole of, of, like, shit. But anyways, yeah, there's there's just, there is, like, such a clear connection between Lotto and, and so many so many yeah. brands and, and companies out there that yeah. it's exciting and to it's imagine. Like, I'm also, like, a nerd for, like, streetwear lifestyle and all that stuff so it's like I do have like my dream brands that I would want to work with but it's like in due time stuff will come do you uh, care to share any of those dream brands that you'd that you yeah like to work so with? actually so in New York I'm a Leondor mm -hmm. we actually did an event with them mm -hmm. that's I I'm like I Every time I talk to their the contact, I'm like, I want to do some merch. But it's like they're so prestigious and they're so intentional with their product. Mm -hmm. um, but I like that's a brand that I love. I like how they tie the sport imagery into to like New York lifestyle, even though that's New York and we're in Chicago. But that's a brand I really admire. Um, I don't know if this is going to be sharing too much. Uh, Joe Fresh Goods, mm -hmm. like. I just love his marketing and everything he does for for the community. Mm -hmm. um, so working with him would be would be really really cool. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to see who else. And then this is a a random one. I I really like the simplicity of like Hanes, Levi, your basics because uh -huh. that reminds me of like gym clothes, like gym PE class. So. Doing something like that would be, 
would be really cool. Absolutely. You kind of just touched on it there, naming those those three dream collaborations. But we've seen, again, you partner with Don C., um, Raspi Rivera, who yeah, is, you know, Raspi, a mutual yeah. friend. And all of these collaborations have been so beautiful. What do you have coming down the line that you're excited to share about League of Their Own, whether it's events or or more partnership that you're excited yeah. for people to um, learn about League of Their Own? There's a really exciting partnership in the works for this summer. Um, yeah. Um, and then also more New York pop-ups. So uh-huh. I do have a good friend and um, my homegirl out in New York, she's helping me kind of build the New York community. So um, we do plan to do a couple more events out in New York. So when I speak about like expanding League of Their Own, that's part of it. But yeah, more partnerships, um, hopefully more product. Um, yeah. And what specific events do you have coming up through the end of the month? What is through it? Through the end of the month? So, um, man, it's May. So actually this week we're working on, we're doing a, it's called She Scores. So it's a youth event. So uh-huh. basically a League of Their Own meetup with youth. And we're partnering with Embark Chicago and the Sky Cares Foundation to mm-hmm. put this on. Um, but it's really just like connecting like peers. So like, League of Their Own Women with high school students. So mm-hmm. that's this month. Um, what else is coming? So we're going to switch into like summer sports since the weather is getting good. Mm-hmm. Just wrapping up here, you obviously started League of Their Own with a tweet, just an idea. Yeah. And now all these 2019, four years later, five years later, it's grown into this force. And when you look back on that journey, which, again, five years in the grand scheme of things is a, a really short amount of time. Yeah. Is it four years? I'm four. I'm terrible at math. Yeah, like, I think that might be four. <laughs> um, 2018, 2019. Yeah, yeah. The I, from the idea, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, don't judge me, guys. So when you look back on, on the growth that you've seen for Lotto over this short period of time, what kind of joy does that bring you? What kind of feeling does that bring you when, when yeah, you're able to pause and, and reflect on yeah. what you've done? I, um, I think I actually don't do that enough is pausing and reflecting because I'm always like, it needs to be better. It needs to be bigger. But when I do, like right now I'm sitting and thinking, I'm like, wow, like I'm really appreciative Um and it's amazing to see because it's really something that's built off of the strength of community. Um, and it's, yeah, it's literally something I never really thought. I never thought I'd be a, a, a business owner or a community leader like this. Like, I I used to hate freaking talking. Like, I still don't like talking <laughs> that much. But um, it's just something I never saw. And I feel like the possibilities are, are really endless. And especially for in this women's sports space, I'm like, people are, took them a long time, but they're finally getting in tune with it. Isn't that remarkable? It's like, I know I'm four years older than you, so maybe like a slightly different perspective, but not really. I feel like the same kind of age group. And the way that our generation now as adults is, is just 
getting exactly what we deserve in a sense yeah. of like you guys can't ignore us just because we're women you can't yeah. tell us that we don't belong in these spaces that that women's athletics aren't just as beautiful and inspiring and captivating as men's like it's there's just no room for any type of question anymore yeah and if people have those those types of holdbacks viewpoints they just immediately get called out and I think about I always think about like my grandma whenever I'm getting to do like what I'm doing I'm like oh my god like she really they they told them they could only play half court basketball Mm -hmm. or like and and again like the sorry now I'm going on a tangent (laughs) but like it's not about being a professional athlete right it's not about being a little kid and thinking this is what I want to do and and I want to be a pro at it one day what you learn in sport what sport opens your mind up to is so many possibilities that go so much further beyond it yeah and by telling little girls that they don't belong in a certain space because of who they are you're taking dreams right out of their hands and that's like the point of it all so um i just think that what you're doing with league of their own is is helping shift that mentality and also helping the like the younger girls and and women see what's possible yeah i would hope so like that's that's literally the goal like simply just but just creating that space like again because maybe some of these people that come out didn't play sports growing up but they're they're doing it now yeah and and by sharing that space it's sparking that those same thoughts that maybe we got when we were younger being involved in sports but now people are getting introduced to it at whatever age and that's the point the inspiration that comes from community sharing space and and getting sweaty and and being athletic not competitive slightly competitive (laughs) slightly a little competitive (laughs) it's just the way I said compete that was was maybe like like a little intense um Paige I am so thankful that you were able to come on the podcast I always like to end the each episode with a question about what our guests hope is for you know the sport that they're they're in and since league of their own is is really all-encompassing i would love to know what your hope is for women who are sharing athletic space what do you want to see you know for the future of of women in in sports marketing sports branding i could talk on and on about that question but simply put representation of black women of brown women in these space because I feel like we are the leaders, like, a very high percent of, like, the WNBA are black women. Like, why are they not getting beauty partnerships and all these other brand opportunities? So I want to see, uh, like, equal opportunity across marketing for, for women athletes, especially black and brown athletes. Um, I guess I can go on and on about this question, but I would just put it at representation. I I want young girls to see themselves in athletes and in sports advertisements and different communities so that's what i would say Paige, thank you so much again for giving your time to equal play this is such a great conversation and i'm really looking forward for every i'm looking forward to everyone reading 
our our print copy and and the digital copy as well. So thank you Yay, so much for sharing. Thank you for having me. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois.